Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Adam Young, editor of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, and this is The Lead. In this weekly podcast, we highlight some of the big stories impacting Lubbock and the South Plains. I visit with a few of our reporters. We talk a bit about what they're working on and stories they expect to share in the coming days. So let's get started. And now I'm joined by the Avalanche Journal's business reporter, Alana Edgen, talking about a couple of uh, bar-related stories, a new hat bar and a new salad bar, um, kind of chain of salad bars coming to town. And our uh, courts and cops reporter Gabriel Monte is here to um, talk about something a little heavier with takeaways from recent homicide report that was released, or some homicide numbers that were released. Um, but I guess to start on the lighter end, Alana, you had a feature coming out in uh, Monday's Avalanche Journal about a new uh, hat bar. Where did you learn about that? Yeah, I actually haven't really heard of hat bars before this, but the owner reached out to me and just wanted to talk about this unique experience that she brought to Lubbock from Plainview. She started to see these hat bars on social media, TikTok, and realized that we don't have something that offers that here. So she changed her business, which was initially an online boutique, to be this really cool custom hat experience where people can walk in and choose a hat and then put ribbon, feather, all sorts of really cool designs on there. Understood. So this is Wild Honey Hats, and so they recently opened a new brick and mortar? They are a bar within a salon that's over on 50th Street. Okay, and then you uh, took some time last week to go over and, and tour and get, get an experience. What, what did you learn from that? Well, most of that was just talking to the owner and how she has this really great mission that is inspired by the many hats that people wear. A lot of people have you know, their, their job hat, their home hat, all these different ones. And she wants people to leave there feeling like they're doing their best with the hat that they're wearing. And whenever they look at the hat that they made in her store, that it reminds them that they can do hard things and they can keep going. It's a really sweet story, and I am very excited to see people read that story on Monday. And so what materials are they using? It looks like the one that, when you went, was, was that felt? I believe there's a mix of felt, wool. They have a, a vegan suede as well. There's several different options. And then you're working with a designer to kind of um, create a hat based on your preferences and design elements you, elements you want? Yeah, they have so many different things that you can put on there. You start by choosing your hat and then selecting what you want to put on there and actually putting it on there yourself, using a hot glue gun to like connect whatever little trinkets you want on there. And some people even put like playing cards on there. You can use a branding iron and put designs on. You can use some burning elements to kind of age the hat some. Looks really cool. Is it a hands-on experience that the, the, the customer gets to be involved in? or yes. And are, are there any refreshments or that kind of thing? Or is it you're pretty much just focused on the hat and that experience when you're there? Pretty much just focused on the hat. It doesn't take very long. Uh, one of her recent customers 
actually just went in there on her lunch break and took about 20 minutes and walked out of there with a newly designed personal hat that was just for them. Is it the kind of thing where you need to make an appointment or just, just accept walk-ins? I think it's a mix. You can walk in there. I was able to just walk in there. But they also book for parties so people can have like a hat party. And they also go out to events. I believe they are in Amarillo a couple, a couple times a month. They're in there today, actually, I believe. Understood. And then the had an update on this Salada salad bar that you had some initial news on that back last fall, early winter, I believe. And now there were just some new developments this, um, I guess, this most recent week. Yeah, Salada Salad Kitchen, which is a Houston-based franchise, mentioned that they were looking for franchisees back in November. And just last week, I was able to get confirmation that we have found franchisees. The franchisees are a pair of brothers who have grown up in the franchise restaurant industry. And they'll be opening three Salada locations in Lubbock with the first opening later this year, potentially the fall. That's cool. Is it more of a lunch or a dinner place? It's kind of a whatever time you want to go there place. They have salads, wraps. Apparently their pumpkin cookie is like the franchisee's absolute favorite. So they have a really great mix of healthy options that the owner said you can go in there every single day of the week and not order the same thing twice. Cool. And then on Saturday, April 29th, we've got the um, unveil of uh, National Independent Bookstore Day. It's a big project you've been working on for the last month. Um, what were you hoping to share with folks from this uh, big project you've been working on? Yeah, Annie and I have been really going to all of these locations and exploring their story, how they got their start, what they offer, because each of the four businesses we spoke to are so very different from each other. Two of them are comic book stores, and there's Star Comics, who is one of the oldest ones in town, and they've been here since 1988, I think. I would have to go back and confirm that number, but they have a great story to share there. And then one of our newest ones is Wild Lark, and they focus on publishing and selling new books. Again, these are just going to be some really great stories and little mini features on what these local bookstores offer that really gives it a unique experience. Cool. Did you pick up any uh, trinkets or uh, books while you were out and about on this uh, project? No, but now I know where I need to go. Um, Annie and I were joking outside of one of them that now we know all the places that we need to go and spend our money later. Also, Free Comic Book Day is going to be happening the week after that story comes out. So people will also know about these awesome businesses where they can go and Catch some sweet new comics. No, Gabe, you looked interested in that. Do you, you look like you were familiar with Free Comic Book Day? It's uh, May the 4th. May the 4th, okay. Uh, what, what's the significance with May the 4th? I think that's a Star Wars reference of May the Force Be With You. And so on May, every May the 4th is, uh, I think, Free Comic Book Day since uh, 2000. And... I think this year it's actually May 6th. Oh. So they missed it by two days, sadly. It would have been <laughs> perfect. But... Yeah, it'll be really cool. That's the day when what PBS, not TBS or USA Network has the marathons of the Star Wars movies, right? Right around that time, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. But are there Star Wars magazines, or not magazines, but comic books? So many. 
shows that I know. Okay, so. I've just seen the first three from like the late seventies or eighties. Dead and I'm trying to think of other really popular shows. Sandman. That's okay. Really great ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were some like Simpsons comics I used to read when I was a kid uh, on road trips. Right. Uh, just to, because they didn't make me nauseous like other books did when I would be um, driving on long road trips. And graphic novels, that kind of thing. I know, I, Elena, you're still tracking this down, I think, mostly for the benefit of Gabe as the primary reader, but some, uh, uh, I guess, rumors that there might be Wendy's and a new popular uh, convenience store that's coming to town. Yeah, so last year I talked about how Tootin' Totem was going to be opening more than 10 locations. Some of those are going to have restaurants, and I think a couple of them might have Wendy's. Of course, Gabe being a huge fan of Wendy's, <laughs> I have to confirm where these Wendy's are going to be. Hopefully, sure. we'll have some news on that soon. But specifically the chili, though, right? Or, or do you like pretty much everything on the menu? Oh, I'm a good uh, spicy chicken sandwich guy, and the, the chicken nuggets, pretty good. Understood. Now, it's hard to transition to, uh, to a much heavier topic, a project you've worked on over the, a few weeks. And you had an initial story back uh, when the uh, Chief Mitchell over at LPD um, unveiled the numbers from his department on um, crime trends. Uh, one of them that stood out was the uh, homicide trend that just um, just as long as we've worked here has just been steadily ticking up and um, right. to the point where it's becoming more noticeable the last three years with, you know, upwards of 30 homicides each year. Right. Um, What were some of your takeaways there? Right. So uh, in March, the Lubbock Police Department issued their um, annual police report and uh, or annual uh, police, uh, their annual report uh, for all the sort of, you know, uh, statistics that the police collect and including uh, in those statistics are the crimes against persons, specifically the homicides. And uh, unfortunately, in 2022, we continue to have this uh, trend of um, upward of more than 30 homicides that began in uh, 2020. Uh, at the time, uh, police officials were kind of uh, describing it as a, an anomaly, kind of an off uh, off year, but now it looks like it's continuing um, two years on. So uh, in 2022, the city of Lubbock reported about 34 uh, homicides uh, compared to 31 in 2021. And those 34 homicides um, are actually... Uh, essentially 34 victims of homicides in 31 cases. So in one case, we have three victims, and in another case, there were two victims. But uh, so total of 34 victims with 31 cases. Uh, Now, looking countywide, uh, the Lubbock County Sheriff's Office uh, investigated two more, uh, or two homicides out in the county. So totaling uh, 36 victims with uh, 33 cases. Yeah, and I know just kind of looking at these numbers, just thinking about 34, 31 one year, it's kind of easy to get caught up in just thinking about numbers and trends. But I know you've really been looking at these individual cases as unfortunately they, um, as they happen and kind of the individual stories. I think one of the things that you've noticed and that just always a trend or always a, just a fact with these is a lot of them are domestic violence based. Sure. So uh, in Lubbock, um a lot of uh, our homicides, unfortunately, are um, are led by domestic violence um, cases where, uh, you know, two people are in a dating or family relationship and, um, you know, there is some abuse involved and unfortunately it culminates in a, in a fatal event. Uh, another uh, leading cause of homicides in Lubbock uh, are disputes or disputes between two people who are, you know, involved in 
Um, so in, in Lubbock, we rarely see random uh, crimes. A lot of the times there are um, homicides are happen between two people who either know each other or even um, just for that one day kind of came into contact and, and you know, started uh, some sort of dispute. And uh, unfortunately, one of uh, the fight escalates into a, a homicide. And, um, you know, another sort of uh, trend that we're seeing is uh, the, the self-defense um, cases where someone is attacked and, and had to use a, a, a fatal um, force to uh, defend themselves. Uh, in two, 2022, last year, we had five. And in 2021, there was a one uh, uh, self-defense case. Uh, and 2022 also includes uh, that five, that, that five self-defense cases does not include a one officer involved shooting where uh, uh, the suspect had still uh, robbed a, a knife store and began attacking police officers with those knives. And, and unfortunately, a police officer had to use deadly force uh, to defend himself. Understood. And I know, you know, just case by case basis, they're kind of hard to track down one particular reason why any of these happened. But I know uh, just from what the chief has said and some of your reporting, there are various tactics they're using to try to get ahead of this, including uh, different, I guess, law enforcement mechanisms, right? Right. So, you know, um, especially with the domestic violence, uh, Chief Mitchell, Mitchell had said during um, that initial uh, press conference when when they were um, talking about the the annual report that they were you know trying to get um, domestic violence groups kind of more involved in these situations to kind of um, see see what they can do to remove you know a, a victim from their abusers um, before uh, things become deadly. Understood. Well, thanks for the update on that, Gabe. And yes. Thanks for those updates on your reporting, Elena. There's a lot going on around our community, and we love your story ideas and tips. So please feel free to reach out to me at ayoung at lubbockonline.com. Give me a call or hit me up on social media. Here's hoping that Week Ahead brings great news and developments to Lubbock and our area. The lead is produced with the help of Avalanche Journal Trends and Breaking News reporter Mateo Rusilis and photo editor Annie Rice. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to a chance to check back with you next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.